If you're sensitive to the energies around you, you're probably an empath or a highly sensitive person or HSP. And boy, do I know how you feel. I ran away from social situations for years, or I pretend I had to go to the bathroom just so I could get away from dense energies. And every day I connect with more and more empaths who are really struggling in life because of their hypersensitivities. But what if I told you that your struggles as an empath have very little to do with the energies around you? <laughs> Would you believe me? And in this video, I'm going to help you understand your empathic abilities better so that you can live a more fulfilling life. Because get this beautiful soul, empaths are not here to struggle and we're not here to live secluded lives. Empaths are here to thrive. They are here to live joyful, fulfilling lives. And I'm going to help you do just that in this video coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist here to help you open your heart, heal your past and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell. So you're notified as soon as I publish new content. In this week's video, I'm getting into the topics of uh, the topic of empaths. This is actually a two part series. This is the first video in a series of two. A while back, I did another video on empaths and it's going to pop up here on your screen. If you want to start there, I talk about other topics related to, to being an empath. Um, so that's a good video to start with. Um, if you want to, in this video, it's going to be a first in a series of two. In this video, I'm going to help you understand why empaths struggle so much in life and no, it doesn't have anything to do <laughs> with the energies around them. That's a common misconception. There's this common misconception that empaths struggle in life because they're just too sensitive to energy. And so it's the energy around them that really is the problem and why they struggle, but that's not true. And that's what I'm going to help you understand in this video. I also want to leave a side note here at the beginning of the video, just to let you know that I will be using the term empath to encompass also highly sensitive people or a, what's known as HSPs. Okay. So for the purposes of this video, the content in these two videos that I'm shooting, the content pertains to both empaths and highly sensitive people, because the differences between them aren't really that big. And the content in these videos pertain is really important for both of these groups. Okay. So if you're a highly sensitive person, but you're not an empath, don't worry about me using the terminology empath. I'm going to just use the word empath, but you know, from here on in that I mean empaths and highly sensitive people. Okay. So I wanted to leave that side note here before I begin the video. In this video, I'm going to be focusing on the four main reasons why empaths struggle so much in life. And what's interesting about these four reasons for why empaths struggle so much in life. What's interesting about these four reasons is that when you were a child, these four reasons were actually four protection mechanisms that your soul put into place to help you survive your childhood. Okay. So these four reasons that then end up messing up your life later are actually four protection mechanisms that helped you survive as a child. So this is a great example of how something can be your medicine in one phase of your life and then turn into your poison later on. 
I've divided this video into two parts. In the first part, we're going to be going over why empaths need these protection mechanisms as children, okay? So why does your soul have these four protection mechanisms and why are they deployed in your childhood? So I'm gonna be going over that in the first part of the video. And then in the second part of the video, I'm going to go over in detail what these four protection mechanisms actually are, okay? And this will help you understand your life as an empath from a whole different level. Once you finish watching this video, let me know in the comments below what your coping mechanisms as an empath have been up until now. I want to know, so let me know in the comments below. I'd love to connect with you down there, and the comments are also a great place for you to connect with others in our community and feel heard and supported. Okay, let's get started with the video. Okay, on to part one. Why do empaths need protection mechanisms as children? <laughs> okay, so this is really gonna kind of bust open your understanding of what it means to be an empath, especially what happened to you as a child, okay? We don't talk a lot about um, uh, the issues that empaths go through as children, okay? So that's why I'm gonna go over this in this part of the video. So when your soul, before you incarnate, that let's look at this even from a broader sense, before you incarnate, your soul chooses your empathic ability. So your soul chooses to incarnate with this superpower that's called being an empath. But here's the thing about being an empath. Because you're extraordinarily sensitive to energy and the soul knows that, what the soul does is it always has these kind of protection mechanisms or escape valves, <laughs> protection mechanisms that it uses, that it can deploy if necessary, especially if the empath encounters any type of childhood trauma, which is really common with empaths, okay? I haven't met a single empath yet that tells me that they had a really wonderful childhood filled with love and no pain and no trauma, okay? So the majority of empaths do seem to incarnate in problematic family, uh, uh, problematic families, problematic ancestral lines with a lot of trauma and a lot of issues going on, all right? So that's where these four protection mechanisms come in handy. Now I wanna give you an example for you to start understanding this really from a physical 3D perspective, even from a science perspective. So there are a lot of studies that have been done on orphanages in Russia and in China, for example, where they've studied these orphanages and they have found that babies that are left in cribs in these orphanages, when they're left in cribs and they're not touched or nurtured, the babies can actually die. This has been reported scientifically in both orphanages in Russia and in China, probably all over the world, really. And so this is an example for you to see how sensitive a child is in general, right? How sensitive a child is. But now I want you to take this example of a child actually probably having the risk of dying if they're not touched when they're babies. Now I want you to take this and compound it by 10 if you're an empath, okay? Because empathic children are exponentially more sensitive than non-empathic children, all right? So what happens is when you incarnate as an empath, 
you are at risk of actually not surviving childhood, especially if you have trauma or painful situations occurring in your family or in your, wherever you're growing up. And so that's why the soul knows this in advance and it has these protection mechanisms that it can deploy because the soul is always checking in and seeing how you're doing in your physical body as a child. So the soul is kind of always checking in and seeing, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing facing this trauma? Is your family situation really painful? Is your biological system going into overload? Okay. Your soul is always monitoring this. And so the protection mechanisms that I'm going to talk about in the second part of this video, they are really survival mechanisms. All right. Survival mechanisms that the spiritual quantum part of you knows because it's so wise, right? It knows that there are certain risks, especially in childhood. Your soul knows that there are certain risks when it chooses to incarnate as an empath, especially in your childhood. And so it always has these protection mechanisms that it can or not deployed depending on how you are dealing with the situations that you are facing. All right. So there's the reason why the soul has these protection mechanisms for you that it can or not deploy in your childhood. It's literally because you are so sensitive that as a child, there actually may be a risk of you not surviving childhood with your empathic abilities. If these protection mechanisms weren't in place. All right. So there's the answer to that question. Now on to part number two, and that is what are these four protection mechanisms that I've been talking about for a while? Okay. So protection mechanism number one is premature ego formation. Okay. So this is one of four protection mechanisms that the soul can deploy or not. Not all of these protection mechanisms are deployed all at once, but I haven't met an empath yet who hasn't had these four, all of them at once. Okay. So it's more common than not that these four protection mechanisms were probably at play in your life, especially if you had a painful childhood. So the first one is premature formation of the ego. Now, why is this considered? Why do, why would I consider this a protection mechanism? The reason that this is a protection mechanism is because bef usually before the age of seven, children are feeling beings. They're not thinking beings. Okay. The ego is not formed yet. And what that means is that the child feels the world. It doesn't think the world. It doesn't know how to rationalize life. It doesn't know how to give meaning to certain situations. It just doesn't have the brain capacity yet. The thought processes yet to give meaning to their experiences and be able to understand them on a mental level. So the premature ego formation, it may seem like, how can this be a protection mechanism? But it is because when you know what the ego does, you understand how this is a protection mechanism. The ego basically gives you a sense of self that is separate from the outside world. So when you start to build an ego identity, your ego is telling you that you are separate from the outside world. Now, this is an illusion. We, when we grow up, we kind of know this is an illusion, right? Because there's really no, no hard limit or boundaries between me and the world, right? We're all one. It's all an intermingling. But the ego gives you the impression that you are this separate entity from the outside world. Now look at how important this is for a child who is going through childhood trauma for an empath who's going through childhood trauma because they're feeling all of these feelings. They have no idea what's happening. Maybe
Maybe they're being emotionally abused. Maybe they're being sexually abused. Maybe they have narcissistic parents. We don't know. A ton of things could be going on. But because the child doesn't know how to understand or how to kind of think about the world, they are just kind of with this mishmash of feelings that are really uncomfortable and really painful. And so what the ego does is it comes online and it starts to give that child a sense of identity that's separate from their outside world. And this sense of identity is very protective. It calms the little empath down immediately because it gives the illusion that they do have some protection, that they are separate from the outside and that they can protect themselves from the outside world. Okay. So premature ego formation is really common. It happened to me. So usually the ego will start forming around seven years of age. It varies, but it's usually around seven in my life. For instance, my ego was born at the age of four when I began to be sexually molested by a family member. And so that's really early for the ego to be formed. But I remember I have a distinct memory of when my ego was formed and I knew right away that it was for my protection. I could feel myself calming down as soon as that self-identity mechanism came online. All right. So this is the first protection mechanism that's deployed when a child empath is starting to go through painful or traumatic situations in their environment. The second protection mechanism is called soul fragmentation. This one is really interesting from a spiritual perspective. Shamanic culture knows a lot about soul fragmentation, but I'm going to give you a bit. It's not exactly, uh, you know, a, a kind of take from shamanism. I'm going to give you a little bit of a different twist, but it's the same understanding as shamans, uh, when, when shamans work with people on what they call soul fragmentation. So what soul fragmentation is, is your soul. Remember I said a little while ago that your soul is constantly monitoring how the child empath is doing down here. <laughs> okay. So the soul is constantly monitoring to see, especially how the biological system, how the body is responding to painful situations or trauma. Because the soul knows that there may be a risk that the child can become so overwhelmed with emotions because they are empathic, that those emotions and that emotional charge can completely overwhelm their biological system that the body may not actually survive. The soul knows this. And so the soul is constantly monitoring what's happening in the outside environment of the little empath, monitoring how the empath is responding to the situations. And then what the soul does is if something happens in the environment and the empath is completely overwhelmed with a huge emotional charge, this happened to me at four. <laughs> so what ends up happening is the soul notices that, you know, mayday, mayday, something's happening. The biological system may actually be at risk of not surviving. And what the soul does is it pulls a little bit of his essence out of the body. <laughs> okay. Now you may be thinking, how the heck is that a protection mechanism? It is because look at this, when your soul pulls a little bit of its essence out of this biological vessel, what happens is you immediately feel numb. Okay. And this is a protection mechanism because at least this numbness quiets the system down to a point where at least the little empath will survive that issue. Right? So 
you're starting to see by me just talking about these protection mechanisms, you're starting to see how these protection mechanisms will then turn into your worst nightmare later on, right? You're starting to understand that because if my soul pulls its essence out, if my ego forms prematurely, this is going to spell trouble later on when I'm an adult. But when I'm a child, this is absolutely protective of me and it actually helps me survive my childhood. So when the soul fragment pulls out a little bit, my system becomes a little bit more numb because I'm missing a little part of my essence. So my system becomes a little bit more numb and in that numbness, I'm at least able to survive whatever painful or traumatic situation is happening to me. The third protection mechanism is heart closure. Okay. Now to get into this a little bit more, I want you to understand yourself from a multidimensional perspective. So if you haven't seen what an aura looks like, what your auric field or electromagnetic magnetic field looks like, here's a picture of it popping up here. Now the aura is very complex. There's a lot of layers to the aura. I don't really want you, you don't need to know all of the details. I don't even know all the details of the human aura, but I want you to see this picture because that you can see that there are different layers to the human aura. And one of the layers is particularly important for this, uh, for this protection mechanism called heart closure. Okay. And the one layer that I want you to remember from this aura picture is the, it's called the emotional body. Okay. The emotional body is a really important aura layer because the emotional body is connected to your heart. It's literally connected to your heart. There's a little, um, you know, high speed connection into the heart center. Okay. Your heart is the portal for emotions for especially really intense emotions. Okay. We feel a lot in our hearts. Okay. So the heart is directly connected to the emotional body in the auric field. Now, why is heart closure necessary or maybe necessary for the child empath? Precisely because the heart is connected to the emotional body and it's in the emotional body that the formation of emotional charge starts. Okay. So imagine this, if I'm, you know, if I'm being sexually abused, for instance, or if I'm being emotionally abused by a family member, if I have a narcissistic parent that's just abusing me and that's abandoning me and that's rejecting me, I will start to feel that that'll form as an emotional charge in my auric field first, and then it'll immediately zip that, that information into the heart. Once it reaches the heart, then my entire body starts building the biochemistry that we call emotions. Okay. And what are those emotions? They're going to be really intense emotions of grief, of abandonment, of sadness, of just all kinds of really intense emotions. So if the heart is open and you're feeling all these intense emotions, again, the little empath doesn't know how to deal or how to process emotions like this, especially really powerful ones like, like grief. And in my instance, I was four years old and I was inundated with the emotion shame. A four year old doesn't understand shame. It's a really complex emotion. So that just threw my whole system for a loop. Okay. And so what your heart does, your heart is immense immensely intelligent. What your heart does is in the moment that it starts to feel that your biological system is starting to go into overdrive. And again, there may be a risk that you may not biologically survive your heart chakra closes. 
Okay, now what happens when it closes? When it closes, that connection with the emotional body of the aura is closed temporarily or cut off temporarily, okay? Now, this kind of does the same thing that the soul fragmentation does. When, you, when your heart chakra closes, you become more numb in life because now you're unable to feel emotions. You're unable to communicate with your emotional auric, with the emotional body in your auric field, which means that you won't be able to feel emotions. And so you won't be able to feel them in as much depth as you did before when your heart was open. Again, this is gonna turn into your poison when you grow up, but it sure as hell is a protection and survivalistic mechanism when you are a child and you're just so overwhelmed your heart is so beautifully open and you are just such a beautifully sensitive being and you're being inundated with really dense horrible emotional charges that heart blocking is a blessing to you at that moment okay so this is the, this is the third protection mechanism it's the heart closure which cuts you off from your emotional body in your auric field meaning that you start to block off emotions both coming in or going out the the flowing of emotions in and out is cut and that is to help you survive the fourth protection mechanism is called mental dissociation now, the most common form of mental dissociation for empathic children is the dissociation of the inner child, all right? So what does this mean? When you're going through all of this trauma, especially especially if it's significant like sexual abuse, the more significant the trauma, the more powerful the trauma, the more this mental dissociation will occur. And what ends up happening is the psyche of the child will split. So the inner child of that psyche will kind of bury itself down into the subconscious mind, into the depths of your psyche. And this is particularly pertinent for people who like myself have been through sexual abuse because here's what happens with any form of sexual abuse. All other abuse is also horrible and also very traumatizing, but look at the difference here when it comes to sexual abuse. If you're being emotionally abused or your parents are abandoning you or whatever, there's still a boundary that isn't violated and that's the boundary of your body. So at least the child, although they may be abandoned or rejected by their parents, they are at least feel safe in their body, okay? Sexual abuse takes this to a whole other level because what sexual abuse does is it shows the child that it isn't safe. The child isn't safe even in their own body because their bodies are being violated. Okay, so this is a particular, a particularly even more problematic um, uh, type of trauma that often leads to a really deep dissociation, mental dissociation that involves the inner child pulling down into the subconscious mind. Now, why is this a protection mechanism? Well, because what the child is doing at that moment, what the psyche is doing is because the boundaries, the child's boundaries are all being violated. They're going through so much pain and trauma. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know how to process it. What that, what that inner child does is it tries to put itself down into the subconscious mind where it feels safe. And I remember this happening to me and I, I, I could remember what was going on. My inner child basically went so deeply down into my psyche because the thought process and, and to this day I could still pick up on the thought process of that inner child and the thought process was something like 
down here, nobody can ever get to me. Okay. And so this is generally the thought process that leads to this mental dissociation. The mental dissociation again at the time is protective because it numbs you. It secludes you. It kind of separates you from whatever's going on outside. Okay. Now notice that all of these four protection mechanisms, they involve some sort of separation. Okay. All of them involve some sort of separation. Either I'm separating from myself, I'm separating from my mind. So all of these protection mechanisms involve some sort of separation. The more separated I am, the more numb I feel, but the numbing is really important in that childhood phase when I'm going through trauma, because it's the only thing that keeps me alive later on. And that's coming in the next video. You'll start to understand that the only way for us as empaths to heal all of this to heal these supposed protection mechanisms is now we're going to have to reverse all the protection mechanisms and we're going to have to return from separation into unity and integration. Unity and integration is the key for healing empaths. Okay. But that's for the next video. Now I want to hear from you up until now. How have you been coping with being an empath? Let me know in the comments below. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in my weekly videos, leave it also in the comment with the hashtag ask Christina. Now don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and or head over to my website to take my heart quiz to figure out if your heart is blocked. That's especially pertinent with this video. And if you enjoyed this video, check it out. I'm curated more for you and I know you're going to enjoy them. So stick around. I love you. Beautiful soul. I am out.